Let me introduce you. Let me introduce you. Welcome back to Let Me Introduce You, the podcast of three best friends from film school. Every week, one of us picks a movie that at least one other person hasn't seen, and we get to subject slash torture the other people and just see how, how they feel about it. Interesting words for today. It is. It is a little interesting. Cut the right f- out the, the gate. The fisticuffs are out. No. <laughs> I am one of your three hosts. My name is Ashley. Uh, uh, <laughs> my name I, well, me first i'm graham i'm katie hi <laughs> hi welcome i mean we swear we've been friends for almost 20 years but awkwardness still abounds because you know i i like to pick best friends who are a bit awkward so it's what keeps keeps the friendship alive is the awkwardness it is this is the first i'm ever hearing about being awkward <laughs> right flummoxed. no never flummoxed. also friends who use words like flummoxed all right, well, this is season two. We are on our second theme, and this is our third film of our second theme. The theme is L-O-V-E, love, movies about romance. Oh, oh my God. We have had some lovely picks so far with Trick and Dead Alive, a.k.a. Brain Dead. <laughs> we have certainly... It's all about the Once love. Again. All about the love. Once again, some whiplash. We are. <laughs> we're really, you know, yes. we're stretching the boundaries of... What is really defined as a love story? And I'm going to bring us home with something that is classic, something that is cheesy, something that hits on a lot of tropes. This week, we're going to be talking about 2004's The Notebook from the mind of Nicholas Sparks. Yes. I'm just like, let me, let me set a scene for all of you. This movie opens with a man rowing on a calm river with a sunset everything's an orange tint there's soft piano music it's just setting up what we'll be what we'll be discussing mm. just classic romance that's what i'm telling you classic sure. sepia tones equal romance there wasn't as much soft filter as i was hoping for in this movie but... <laughs> you know what you're right you're right so it was released on june 25th 2004 it had a 20 million dollar budget graham can you take us home with the box office yes so it opened Fourth that weekend, summer film with thirteen and a half million. It's opening weekend, decent, but then people kept coming back. Word of mouth got out there, and it ended up with eighty-one million dollars. Wow, which is very, very good yeah. for a romantic drama in the summer. Opened the same weekend as Fahrenheit nine eleven. Oh. Okay, and White Chicks. Oh, okay. okay. And this was the same summer that Rachel McAdams was in Mean Girls. Mm. This was one month. About one and a half months later. Really? I didn't realize yeah. it was the same time. Yeah. Talk about a romantic classic. Mm. Grim, why don't you give us a synopsis, and then I'll talk about why I chose this. So the notebook begins at a nursing home, and we meet this man, Duke, who is reading a, a love story to a patient at this nursing home who has senile dementia. And the love story is about this rich girl named Allie, and this kind of poor guy named Noah who meets in South Carolina in 1940. They have this, like, adorable little love affair. But, of course, the rich parents are like, mm-mm-mm, you can't be with someone who's poor. I mean, he <laughs> probably makes a good honest living, but that's not good enough for us. Nope. And 40 cents she's an very hour. hesitant. Mm-hmm. I don't care if she loves, it. loves, loves him. And then she, like, basically, like, breaks up with him in like a bit of a fight he's like fine i'm leaving and then she's like no i didn't mean to break up with you and then the family makes them move back to charleston because they were only there in the summer and then years pass noah goes off to the war she goes to school at sarah lawrence and he ends up after the war moving back home she meets oh, james marsden because mm. she, james james uh, she was a volunteer nurse and he was a patient of hers because he was a, a soldier. They get engaged. Meanwhile, Noah is like missing Allie, but he begins building. His father dies, and as he begins building this like gorgeous home, I don't remember why he, he was restoring it. It was, nice. it was his dream, he and that's where he and Allie almost, you know, had sex. Mm-hmm. And then she is proposed marriage by Lon, who's James Marsden. 
and she's trying on her dress and she looks gorgeous. Everyone's around her, and all of her bridesmaids. Everyone's around her and then and then they bring out a newspaper showing that like their marriage is being announced in the papers. She sees that Noah is in the paper showing off his home. And she faints and she's like, I have to go see him. I go, I have to go, I have to go find him. She goes f- to find him and he's like kind of cold towards her because she just left. And, and he's like, I wrote you letters every day. She's like, I never got any letters. Because you find out that her mother, Joan Allen, intercepted the letters because she didn't want her to end up with Noah because it reminded her of a man that she had an affair with when she was younger who was quote-unquote poor. Who worked at the same lumber yard that Noah works at. Who worked at the same lumber yard, yes. So Ellie's like, I don't care, and they have sex and Lon comes and it's like, what's going on? Why aren't we getting together? Like, we're supposed to get married. And he's like, you know what? It's fine. You stay with him. You stay with him. You find out that this story that Duke is telling this woman is actually, Duke is actually Noah. And Allie is the patient. And he's reading this notebook where she transcribed their love affair because he wants to remind her how they met. And fell in love and their love affair. And she briefly remembers them. And she's like, oh, my God, I remember, remember everything. How long, am, how long am I going to remember all of this? He's like, I don't know. Last time it was only a few minutes. And then they dance, and then she loses the memory again. She's like, who are you? Get away from me. Ah! I like your and dramatic then, reading. Oh, my God. <laughs> so Duke slash Noah has a heart attack because he's, like, so devastated. She goes back to the hospital. He's staying at the hospital, by the way, just to keep an eye on her because he loves her so much. Oh, my God. And he sneaks into her room her hospital room at night to like just check in on her he she remembers him they hold each other and fall asleep next to each other and they die and that's the movie it sure is that is, that is the movie good job graham well done. thank Great you synopsis. <laughs> I lo- yeah i love the dramatic reading they basically like they die and they die they, so that's the, so like, because that's the okay movie. just a clarification question for you guys at the end so Cause she, they're having a conversation at the end where she's like, "Do you think our love is strong enough to have us remember stuff?" And do you think our love is strong enough for us to go out together? I don't remember exactly what she says, but something like that. She says something about like, "Is our love strong enough for miracles or this?" Yeah, she says that first. Yeah, and yeah, and then she says something like, "Yeah, is our love is our love strong enough for miracles?" And he's like, "Yeah," and then she says, "Is our our love strong enough to end together or something?" Something like that. And then he says, our love is strong enough to do anything we want it to do. So my question, because I was waiting for them to, like, kill each other. Or, like, he, she's asking him to euthanize her and then die. So, But that did not happen. To perform right? a murder-suicide? Natu- murder I thought so. That's what they were asking. Katie, this but is she- not a horror. This is a straight I know. romance. This is Nicholas Mother F and Sparks. Is he like a big romance writer? Oh my god. Katie! Well girl, okay. Why would I know that? I know. You really shouldn't. But I do love how we always react as if we want you to have just absorbed it, like from the zeitgeist. No, I know, and like I no. know the name. I know Nicholas Spark. I'm not like I don't like live under a rock. I know what this movie is. Well, let me tell you a little bit about why I chose this, and we'll talk about a little bit more about Mr. Nicholas Sparks. Mm-hmm. So why did I choose this movie? Honestly. One of the main reasons why I chose it is because it's a cheesy romance and we said we wanted to subject each other, torture each other occasionally. So I'm sorry, Katie. This was just to put you just a little bit, just to bring like some extra cheese. But like, honestly, well done. Like it is shot very well. well. It is exposed well. Great editing, great sound. Like it's, it is a beautiful commercial romance movie, you know, hits, hits all the notes, right? I fucking love Ryan Gosling. I have liked Ryan Gosling since uh, Breaker High. Yes, yes, Breaker High. Like I didn't I didn't watch Young Hercules, Breaker High. but like Breaker High, I was like, "Oh my god, who is this?" And Assuming that's well, after Mickey that's, Mouse. Is well, that yeah. after Mickey Mouse? It was club? after. Yeah, it was Mickey Mouse. Yeah, it was Mickey Mouse, then Young Hercules, then Breaker High. Wait, Katie, do you know what Breaker High is? No, I di- I didn't I didn't like know about Ryan Gosling at all, but I have met him, so I will tell a little quick story about that later. What? Okay. So Breaker High is, was a TV show about teenagers who went to high school on a cruise ship, essentially. Like, this 
like a study abroad ship or whatever. And it was just all their hijinks. And then they would be visiting exotic locales. And it was great. And like Ryan Gosling and Tyler Laban, Labine, yes. were like roommates yes. and friends. And they were the tricksters and the jokesters. I'm like, yeah. he was a rap scout. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> it's a great word. It I was love delightful. You know what? I'm going to try to find, find Breaker High. I'm it's sure. probably on YouTube. YouTube. But if you want to watch The Notebook, it's streaming on HBO Max. Otherwise, you can pay to rent it other places, I'm sure. Yeah, I just, I got a sweet spot for Ryan Gosling. And this movie kind of like launched him as a leading man. He'd been doing like smaller things or more indie things. And he would continue to do indie roles. But this this really showcased what a great actor he can be and like how he can carry a film. My parents really love this movie. My dad is actually like a little bit of a sap. So... They watch it and it's all like cutesy or whatever. And then I also, maybe to torture myself a little bit, there are like degenerative memory issues on both sides of my family. So it just hits a little different now that I'm watching it. And as much as I would like, like in the movie, Allie will like remember stuff all of a sudden as if she's like in a trance or something and she comes out of it. That is not true. That is not really what happens to people with. Oh, really? What really, what happened? Yeah, no, it's more of like, at least with people in my family, like my grandma, it was just like very slowly losing things. It's not like you suddenly come back and like nothing has changed. Like your brain is literally degenerating. And you know, it's a book turned into a movie. Oh, hey, I connected us to our previous theme. <gasps> you know, and it's a little bit Hollywoodized. Like we would all like to think that we can recapture that person we love, but really with, with, Things like Alzheimer's and dementia. Alzheimer's is actually called like the longest goodbye because people just start to start to slowly fade. It's really sad. So yeah, I just wanted to pick a cheesy uppy little romance, tug at the heartstrings with some very serious issues underneath it. Yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs> Sounds about right. It made me feel and it made me think a little bit. And that's all I can ask out of a phone. That's your goal. Yeah. Or just like take me away. Make, make everything get super numb. That's okay too. <laughs> you know, like just distract me from life while yep. maybe reminding you. So this was written by Nicholas Sparks, who is a big deal in like the romance writing game. It was adapted by Jen Sardi and Jeremy Levin. I will note that all of Nicholas Sparks' stories are extremely heteronormative. Like it is always a man and a woman. And I, as I was researching this, I found out that he apparently sent some emails, later apologized, that object to, quote, an agenda that strives to make homosexuality open and accepted. So fuck that guy. I probably wouldn't have picked that had I known he's a piece of shit. So fuck you, Nicholas Sparks. But also other Nicholas Sparks novels that have been adapted into films that you may know. That's a great transition. Fuck you. Also, here is some success. Also, here's here's how this asshole has become super rich. He wrote A Walk to Remember. I may remember that. Shane West and Mandy Moore. Mandy Moore. Right, okay. I actually like that. I like Mandy Moore. That's a good movie. <laughs> I never saw that one. Message in a Bottle with Kevin Costner and yes. Robin Wright. He wrote Dear John, which had Amanda Seyfried and why am I now just blanking on his name from... Channing yeah, Channing Tatum. What's that stripper movie he's in? Magic, Magic Mike. Magic Mike? Yeah. That one I've seen. Okay. Well, so you're like a Jason. Actually, no, I've only I've only seen the second Magic Mike. I've never seen Magic the Mike first XXL. One. Yeah, I mean, yeah. see both of them. They're very good. And he also wrote he wrote the last song, Miley Cyrus and Liam Liam Hemsworth. That's how they started their romance that eventually ended in divorce. Mm. So, well, some other things you you may know Nicholas Sparks from, and like a bunch of other ones. They're all very formulaic. There's always some sort of a twist and and all of that. But you know what? In times like these, when life is so unpredictable and we have no control, sometimes it's nice to watch a film where you know what most of most of what's going to happen in the film, right? You know yep. they're going to end up together. It's going to have some saccharine, sweet, cute little thing. I mean, maybe not for Katie, but for <laughs> me. You, I feel like for you, horror, you've like, you know the beats of horror, so it's comforting in that way. Sure. I mean, you know, every genre has got, you know, their their things that they have to tick off 
depending on on whatever it is you're watching you know horror movies have a formula romance movies have a formula you know a lot of drama sci-fi you know it's everything you know in that three-act structure plus whatever people are going to watch that movie for so people are going to see a romance movie they're gonna want you know they're gonna want to meet cute they're gonna want Mm -hmm. you know uh, a a very quick romance they're gonna want kissing they're gonna want sex they're going fucking yeah they're gonna they're gonna want the bone they're gonna want you know an insurmountable obstacle Mm -hmm. where love will ultimately prevail like oh you know romance movies a, a good time or formulaic so and and so are horror movies but that doesn't mean that they're any less than it's just and this is about a lot of stories it's giving it's giving moviegoers the things that they want but not in the ways that they want it or things that they're expecting but not in the ways they're expecting it because we do that in comics too i love it when you but talk yeah. about storytelling ah! i just stare at you lovingly <laughs> it's what pays my bills mm. and brings you but... joy in your heart a little bit sure <laughs> <laughs> well this was directed by nick cassavetes who is the son of gina rollins who is in this movie as the older alley and john cassavetes and if that sounds familiar to us in particular we went to boston university for our film school and at BU, they, at least when we were going there, employed a resident Cassavetes expert, Ray Carney. And I believe, Graham, when yeah. we took that Altman and whatever that director, that other director's name was, that was from Ray Carney, right? I didn't take that you class. You didn't take that? Me either. You took the Altman class. I didn't Aww, take the Altman I just put class. it in my memory. Because I was like, I don't want to learn about him. I just want to appreciate him. <laughs> I mean, it was really better because then we... We like studied this other director who I was kind of like, mm, I don't know. And then, but I did get to see Ray Carney's Sally Jesse Raphael glasses once a week. So that was, oh, yeah. that was fun. <laughs> Tangent, did we all take Fellini Fossey and Frank Sinatra at BU? Yeah, I wish. Oh. Did I? I think I did. <laughs> I think you I two know. took a lot more classes. I think together. I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah, I yeah. did. I think I did because that's when we uh, we saw all that jazz. We spent we spent a full month on the fucking company musical. Yeah, I think so. Which yeah. I did not mind because I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> and you're the type of gay anyway. man who loves musicals, right? So for some reason, like, for some reason, Face Off popped in my head, not having anything to do with this movie, just like actually there being is a alive. I know. So when I saw this, I yeah, I was just like, oh, we, I'm like, I wonder if you guys have seen Face Off. We should talk about that as like a potential movie to discuss later. And then I saw Nick Cassavetes was in Face Off, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh man, well maybe it just all it all connects, or it's all out in the ether. Huh? It's all kismet. I mean, we've all oh, seen like, Face Off, could... though, right? Because I've seen it. Oh, I've seen Face Off. Oh girl. well, then crap. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's really good. Also starring. Joan Allen. Yes, Joan Allen. which is why I was also thinking, I was like, oh, maybe that's why it popped in my head, because I was like, oh, the last time I saw Joan Allen, I think it was in Face Off. I love Joan Allen. She's I pretty love, great. I love, love, love her. I think she is fantastic in The Ice Storm. I liked her in Pleasantville. And in Pleasantville. Yeah. Like, two, no- two movies that she should have been nominated for Oscars for. She was really good in Pleasantville. So, Pleasantville's amazing. I was just thinking about that I movie I actually would day, want to revisit actually. that. Yeah, that's the thing that I didn't realize. So, I mean, I knew the name Cassavetes, and I'm one of those people where, at least nowadays, I don't pay as much attention. I used to when we were in film school, and I used to care a bit more. And, like, you two will sit down, and you'll be like, I'm going to watch a whole director's catalog and all this other stuff. But I'm kind of like, eh, okay, I'm just going to, like, have some fun with it. But what I didn't realize is that Nick Cassavetes was an actor, and then he got more into directing for a while, and then went back into acting, and now he has a number of projects that are announced for directing, but obviously aren't happening. But yeah, he did My Sister's yeah. Keeper, which, you know, another... Oh, God, who wrote those? Oh, wait, is that the oh. book so... where they changed the ending of the book, right? Yeah, it's Jodie... Picoult. Yeah, who is Picoult. also just, like, she has a certain type of book she writes, and she bangs those out, right? And he also did Alpha Dog and John Q, and just... I think this was probably his biggest hit, I would say, at least commercially most successful film that he did. And Nick Cassavetes, this kind of jumped around with a few different directors, like for a little while, maybe Steven Spielberg was going to do it, and they'd kind of talked about different leading men. But Nick Cassavetes very specifically wanted to pick a leading man who wasn't as well known. And he chose Ryan Gosling. So Ryan Gosling plays Noah. Obviously, I have a special place in my heart. For the goss. Rachel McAdams played Allie. Fun fact, 
despite going through a romance, they apparently hated each other during the filming of this and then later went on to fall in love and all of this yeah. stuff, which just adds to the legend of, of this movie even more. Apparently, it got so bad between them that Cassavetes had to bring them into a room and say, you need to air out your grievances with one another because this has to work. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you're going to get this, Ashley, but they were, they're both Canadian. Mm-hmm. And they were both born in the same hospital. In London, Ontario. Oh, so weird. Yes. Yeah. I love me some Canadians. I think most Canadians are fantastic. So... Big fan. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when I met Ryan Gosling, it was really just when I was living in Silver Lake, and he was at a bar I was at, and apparently he was drunk and talking to the cowboy mural that was painted on the wall, and I got super excited. <laughs> <laughs> but then I obviously didn't go up to him, because I was like, just let a man live. Can a man live? That's charming. <laughs> so but you got I to actually was... meet him. I got to actually meet him. I was helping work an after party for the crazy stupid love premiere oh my god he's so handsome in that well i it's funny because i've never actually seen that movie you know i was helping out working the premiere and i was working emma stone's table so like i was in charge of like helping her family and helping her guests and things like that and she very sweet insanely skinny oh my god you remember when we saw her in new york at like 2 a.m she's tiny yes yes with andrew garfield yes and they did not tip they did not tip Mm -mm. which is not Mm -mm. cool that much yeah. money well, too. my impression of Ryan Gosling, like, he was very nice, but, you know, a little, like, very sure of himself, I shall say. I thought his head was giant. His head it was like his head. He's got a very big head for his body. And I don't know if he just, like, has to keep it, keep it fit so his body is smaller than it should be. But that was my response, like, when I saw him. I was like, he seemed fine, but, man, the dude's got a big head. I was like, I am, I am out. This, this, I am not one You're of like, those. You're like, get the fuck away. I'm from not one of those. Like, as I'm watching <laughs> the notebook, I'm out, like, yeah. sure, I get it. I'm like, I'm all about. I'm like more Kevin Conley for me. So, Ew. yeah, I know, I know. He's like not I great. Really, I know, <laughs> okay, I know. Sorry. With the rest of the cast, we have James Marsden as Lon, who would become Alan. I mean, fiance. James Marsden, great. I'm sorry. When James Marsden is leaning against that mm. car after <laughs> they come out of class, I was wet. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I, I don't even, I, you know, like army and fighting and like, so but I was like, eh, but I was like, oh my God, take He me, can take wear me. the shit out of that uniform. He's I don't so like what the uniform true. represents, right? But I like a uniform exactly. on a man. That's what I, yeah. I like a man in uniform. God, he's good. He's just so He's good. so charming without being like schmaltzy or a jerk. Mm. Like he just knows how to exude sexuality and charm without suffocating you. But And he can sing. Oh. I was going to say, but apparently Katie wants to go for uh, Kevin Connolly. You no, know. I mean, I've always liked Kevin Connolly, e. even though I know he's, he's e. like a giant D-bag. But, but no, with James Marsden, to your point about him being charming without being smarmy. So, you know, I don't watch a whole lot of romance movies or romantic comedies, but I have seen like, what is that, 27 Dresses? Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, that's fun, and he, I like, I thought he did a really good job on that because he's like, kind of a dick, but like not, and so I liked him in that. Yeah, y'all should. I mean, he he can sing very well. He was in Hairspray and Enchanted. Oh wow! And oh, I forgot he was Enchanted. in Enchanted. There's a note that he hits in Hairspray that again makes me what. <laughs> <laughs> is that all it takes? Is just a man singing? I well, I would love a man to sing to me. It takes a man hitting <laughs> that note. Oh my god, he can hit that note. He can hit. Mm-hmm. He can hit mm-hmm. anything he wants. Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll just watch a bunch of James Marsden films, and then I can watch some X Men. So yay! Nice. Let me go get yes. some comics in there. <laughs> yeah, we have Gina Rollins as the older Allie, James Garner as older Noah, a.k.a. Duke. You know what? I didn't research this because I didn't totally want the mystery gone, but I wanted to be like, why Duke? Where does that come from? I'm wondering, like, maybe when they had children and it was something that came out of something. I mean, it's obviously a great device. So, like, you know, when the movie is being told in between present day when they're older and flashbacks to the love story, as a... I guess as a literary device, if you will, it doesn't let you know right away that Duke is Noah, but it just... But it's it's obvious the entire yeah. time. Yeah, I, I, I went I, and I, I, I don't, it too. I mean, I definitely, I, I knew that it was about them, but like, 
how would how would that have been a surprise to people watching the movie? Like, oh, of course, it's it's their Graham, story. had you seen this movie before? No, I had. Okay, okay, me too. It was my first time, and I, you know, what's interesting? You know me, I love my rom coms. I love them so much. I'm not a romantic drama person mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. But I was obviously very taken with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> James Marsden was taken. I mean, I, I was. I, I, well, you know, when he showed up, I didn't realize he was in it, I guess. And I was like, oh, my God. Mm. But <laughs> I was bawling at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Knowing oh, full well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it, and I also, I thought it was going to be more schmaltzy than it was. Yeah, me because too. Because I have heard about Nicholas Sparks movies a lot, and they're like, I've heard that they were cheesy and schmaltzy. I didn't get a lot of schmaltz from this. I mean, there were some lines that were like, okay, that's a little cheesy, but it, it was, I don't know, it was played more straight than I thought it was going to be. I really love the line, and I and it was totally formulated to make me feel this way, but the, if you're a bird, I'm a bird. Oh, it would have been cuter bomb. if he hadn't been, like, so resistant but, you know, it was, like, kind of cute. Obviously, Katie didn't like it. Katie fell more on the side of critics. So on Rotten Tomatoes, this only has a 53% from critics. The critic consensus is, it's hard not to admire its unabashed sentimentality, but the notebook is too clumsily manipulative to rise above its melodramatic cliches. Oh, I don't disagree with that. It didn't, okay, I did not hate it. I actually was expecting to hate this movie or to be at least make fun of it or to be like, oh, my God. And there were the few scenes like that. If you're a bird, I'm a bird. I'm just like, oh, my God, please, for the love of God, stop. But they were so cute. They were on the beach and they're wearing know, that the cute problem. 1940s so cute. swimsuit. Oh, no, I thought hair. she was super duper annoying, like jumping into the ocean and being, you know, I'm adorable. Look at me. 1940s manic pixie dream girl. I that well, I kept thinking in my head. I'm like, does she count as a manic pixie? No, she but doesn't. she doesn't. No. But I did not hate this movie as much as I I was planning. So I've I've mentioned before that this movie was my nemesis. My mother has been trying to get me to watch this movie for years, full well knowing I don't care for romance movies. I don't like them. I have no desire to watch them. And she's like, you need to watch it. Why won't you watch it? Sorry, Laura. I won. <laughs> She, t- <laughs> she knows. She took it personally that I would. Ref- I didn't want to watch this movie. And after a point, I'm just like, I don't want to watch it. Stop, stop forcing it on me. I don't want to watch it. So it almost became as like, like something for me where I'm like, I just don't. I don't want to watch it. Well, I took away your badge of honor. I'm sorry. It's you okay. It. Is it? I, I'm. I'm so interested to know like why this movie. Are there yeah, other tell us more. Media that she was. No. No, like, she's, you know, we've watched, like, romance movies before, but nothing quite so solid romance. You know, like, she, she, she had me watch, like, Chuck a lot, which I actually liked. I don't know exactly what it was about this movie that she had such a pointed quest to get me to see it, but I just did not want to watch it. I mean, yeah. the people who love it love it. I mean, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got an 85% from audience members. I mean, Graham, you were telling us when... We did a little preview on our Instagram. Great job using that. That folks were really into it. I'm like, this this really brings out a reaction in folks. So I guess before, I mean, I want to know what worked for y'all. In this film, what, what worked? I've got two things. One is I really enjoyed seeing romance for the senior community. So, you know, so many of these films, so many romance films in general are about young love or love when it starts and it's it's super fiery hot. And, you know, there's all this drama because of like, will we be together? Will we want whatever like obstacles people have to overcome? So that seems to like be most of romance movies out there so I actually enjoyed seeing what happens after that so after the drama after you know the sex after the the you know perils of an early relationship I like seeing what comes next realistic or not but I like seeing romance in the in the senior community and I kind of wish like I know that we've been seeing more of that sometimes like you know it, it we see a, a bit but nothing quite either like this or end of life. So I enjoyed that. 
I also thought that sundowning scene was very good. I enjoyed the sun, the, the, the scene where she starts sundowning and you see Duke's reaction. I, I like yeah. both of those. Oh my God, that scene was so hard for me. Yeah, I thought it was, I, I, I was like, that I thought was really good. So yeah, I like the old people in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it was, I thought it was really beautiful. Like, you know, they prepared that meal together. They were drinking grape juice because obviously they're older and on a lot of medications. There's like cute little, little quip by Allie of like, wow, that's a lot of pills. What's wrong with you? You know, and Duke just talking about it. It's like, yeah, it's just like a slow slow degeneration or whatever and it was really sweet but then it became you know he he called her darling and she had at that point had come out of her remembering and she started to get very very upset and the things that I've learned with like somebody who's sundowning like it starts earlier before you know the before the sun actually sets that's what it's called sundowning right and there's a lot of like paranoia and anxiety but to see that so quickly and to see her so upset and so reactive but then like essentially being like manhandled by the other nurses and like being sedated and seeing James Garner just he's heartbroken right he's so sad that his wife is feeling this way he's so sad that she has to be treated this way but I think he's also sad that something he did you know, in wanting to relive this caused her to have this pain, right? And I think think we see some interesting things about Noah's character throughout the film. I think when he is a younger man, when they first meet, he is very selfish and very self-centered. Like, he's essentially a pickup artist. Like, he just, like, sees her and he's like, I have to have her. And he, like, goes up to her and he's, like, super close in her face, right? And goes up on the fucking Ferris wheel and, like, threatens bodily peril. Like, I will fall off if you don't go out with me. Like, dude, that's not cool. That's not cute. But then she. Oh, uh, yeah. I like. She turns the tables on I like, him. I like that, too. I was like, yeah, girl, you take his pants off. Yeah. yeah. He's stuck. Yeah. And I feel like you see later on in their relationship like he's so happy when she has come back right and they're together and he really says you know you have to decide what's right for you like I can't make this decision for you and I felt like that was showing his sign of maturity like in those seven years when he is heartbroken he's not like no you have to stay with me and he's so grabbing under it's it's shown that he understands I think a bit more Mm -hmm. about love even though he says to that woman before the war widow like those things are broken and they don't exist anymore mm. i thought that was interesting but it was hard to it was hard to watch the sending scene to see the pain but to also think like he so has this desire to reconnect with who his wife really is and he has such a strong belief that their love will bring her back and he's also heartbroken you know when she slips out of it it's like is he doing it for himself is he doing it for her is it both? I mean, I think it really can be both. Oh, yeah. Graham, what worked for you in this yeah. film? I agree with with Katie. The the scenes with with Jenna Rollins and and James Garner really affected me. I also was really affected by the scene where their children come to mm-hmm. visit, and they're all sitting outside. And there's a moment where where Allie introduces herself to her son, and like. It's a very subtle... The sun just looks so hurt and sad. Yeah. And it's so brief. But I thought in that moment, it said so much about, like, what this family was going mm-hmm. through. So I, I thought that part was, like, really, really effective. I did think that they're... Despite the stories about how they did not like each other during the making of the movie, their chemistry was oh, great. Yeah. And... And just trying to think of, like, who, like, they just, like, embody these characters so well. I can't think of other people who would be good in these because it's just, it just works. And, I, yeah, I like the, the like, period detail, too. Mm-hmm. The women's hairstyles. Couldn't get enough yeah, of those. So I loved her father's snidely whiplash mustache. Oh, my God. Like, a little on the nose. A little, a little on the nose. Like, like, that's why you're, like... <laughs> I'm just like, it was just short of him twirling the ends to show how evil he is of like, mm, we can't do this. And yet she's like a total, she's a total daddy's girl, right? Which like, I don't identify with that at all. I'm not like the spoiled youngest <laughs> child. 
And we see how much she and her mother clash, but we don't find out till later that like the reason they're clashing so hard, like Katie mentioned, is because she experienced that that same thing before. And it's interesting to see that mother who chose money and stability, though she loved Allie's father, over like a deep, a sweeping romance. Mm. I also think that the movie went a lot, like, like was snappier than I thought it was going to be. Like, he went to the war. Okay, Finn died. Okay, he went home. His dad died. He didn't hear it to the house. Like, it was just like, boom, 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 get, get there, get there. There wasn't, like, a lot of filler. That's true, yeah. It didn't feel long as I'm watching it, and, like, that moment where Rachel McAdams comes back and sees him for the first time, I was like, okay, I'm excited. Like, I was actually singing with stuff. I'm like, okay, so now we're getting the moment where they're going to see each other again. And I was like, don't get up to pee right now because you need to see what happens. Yeah, so I didn't, it's, it's not that I disliked it. It's just, it's just not for me. But it's, I don't, you know, like we've seen stuff on this podcast before where you guys will see me make fun of it. Or, you know, I think it's ridiculous. But I... Like what? I, I don't... I, don't, I, I have no... <laughs> don't you dare say Pippi. Don't you dare say Pippi. I would never. I would never <laughs> say Pippi. But, but I don't think it was... I don't think it was a bad movie. Like, I don't think that it was poorly made, poorly acted. I Like, I thought it was fine. It's just not my cup of tea. Mm. So, so, yeah, there's not a whole lot of me... There's not a whole lot for me to make fun of. Because I don't think it was... It was terrible. I don't think it's like God's gift to movies, but you know. No, I think like it is a commercial film that like looked really good, right? Beautifully exposed. Like there wasn't any like newer inventive like camera angles or shots or whatever. Like it gave you what you were expecting. It sound editing was really good. You know, like everything flowed really well. I think you're both right aware like it showed the passage of time and brought through like the important pieces without weighing you down. I think I still was sort of like, wait, it was seven years. I thought it was just like four or five years. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, how does that work? If like she was volunteering in her third year and then like, did she and Lon just date for a long time? Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little too detailed. Right. I think it's enjoyable and draws you in, but I do think there are some very problematic things about this film. I think they have, while it's shown as like this really sweeping romance, I think they actually have a pretty, at least early on, had a really toxic relationship. Like the way that he initiated everything, like they're walking home from the movie on that date and he's just kind of like asking about her, but then kind of negging her and doing other yeah, things. Yeah, I caught, I caught that too. Yeah, and like I was reading somebody else who said like, basically the only time that they're not yelling each other is when like they can't take their hands off of each other. And I'm like, okay, I get it. That's not a relationship. Their mouths are busy. They can't yell. <laughs> that is that is not a healthy, mature relationship. I mean, oh, there is too with like <laughs> first love and again, being teenagers and having such hormones and conflating sexual desire with like a loving relationship. I think that happens a lot. And I think I was, as I rewatched this and having read some other criticism of it, we're just like, yeah that's that's not healthy and even seven years later when he's like yeah I'm gonna you know you're gonna call me out and I'm gonna tell you when you're a pain in the ass which is 99% of the time we're gonna work through it like part of it is like yes adult relationships mature adult relationships is about working shit out right there is never gonna be any relationship regardless if, if it's romantic or not no relationship is free of conflict but I was like 99% Yes, I think so. I think the problem, because we see this, we see this a lot in in these movies, is that so many of these are about young love, as we've talked about, right? Like late teens, early twenties. Yeah. Like, what about those romance stories about? <laughs> because we're not, <laughs> we're in our late thirties. Like, what about that? You know, like where people, people, well, people kind of figure most, hopefully, or are processing have have the tools to process like their feelings, and they've dealt with their shit like what about those kinds of so stories, what's funny is that nicholas you know? sparks has actually written some more of those and those were some of his oh. earlier ones like message in a bottle and knights of rodan right those were Thank featuring yeah. people in their later 30s and in their 40s you know and having romance then but what we've seen in the last 15 20 years has been more of the 
younger romance. And people right. have said, like, those ones aren't necessarily as good. It's Twilight. That's Twilight. an abusive relationship, right? <laughs> like, I like, wish she wrote that. And it, it, but it's like, uh, I don't know, maybe, is it, is it, are these popular because people watch them and think about their first loves and think of, like think of these wistful feelings about that or or oh I wish I had that kind of an experience or you're young and saying this is what I want it to be about this is like aspirational so is that why we're seeing so many of those at this time you know yeah it's funny cuz you know you uh, you can't help but think about like your first love or like the experiences you had when you were that age and how like like bananas crazy you were over the person and just insane yeah and just how like it may not have gone well if you guys had stuck together and i keep thinking i'm like this was their first relationship it was it was a hundred percent all the time and very rarely at zero and then after that you know kind of calms down as every relationship does like what are you left with and they didn't even have the time to figure that out because they were together what like three months over a summer mm-hmm. and it and had an they expiration date and once they yeah, realized yeah, yeah. that they were like well what's gonna happen you know like when they're having that breakup scene they come back really late after a failed attempt to make love the first time in the house that noah shows Allie. and she's like what are you thinking of yeah, yeah. Funny talking. she just starts yakking, i was yakking. charmed by that i was like I was okay like, that's accurate. <laughs> like you know i'm in my yeah. head a lot and, and talk or whatever but you know, their parents, or excuse me, Allie's parents are very open about, like, where is this going to go? What's going to happen? I think they played the, like, our position in society versus him as a poor kid. You know, that's obviously there to be that tension. And that, in some regards, yes, when people have different backgrounds growing up, it can make it more difficult to have a relationship because there are those those like unknown things and you have to learn how to navigate the things that you assume were like normal or like typical for you. They were a bit on the nose about how he was different from the rest of them in that lunch that he, Mm. they have at their house. Everyone's wearing white and he's he's wearing black. Yeah, I saw that too. And like, they don't ask Finn how much money he makes. Like Finn is dating this other rich girl. That's totally fine. Finn's wearing white. They don't care. But I was thinking if I were Joan Allen, you know, I would have just let it happen because I would have just let them stay together because there were already obstacles in the way. You know, she was going off to New York to Sarah Lawrence. He was staying at home. If, you know, most people who date in college and or date in high school and then one of them goes off to college, like a lot of those relationships don't work out, you know? So I almost would have just like let it happen. Just let it happen. See if yeah. they can work it out. And if they can work it out, cool. And if not, then... She's gonna she's gonna date someone else either way. But maybe she was resentful because she she had to give it up. Yeah. When she was younger, and she oh, sure. was like, "Well, if I had to do it, <laughs> then you have to do it too." Or maybe she was hoping that, that like, be. as an external force, she would be relieving Allie of other pain, knowing that oh, she yeah. would eventually have that. And Joan Allen, like Joan Allen's character, knew that she had to choose that for herself. So maybe she thought it would be less painful if somebody else chose it for her. But again, that, I mean, I think what irks me about a lot of this are like some of the issues of consent and like a little bit about like control, right? Like people should be able to make their own choices and and some things you just have to experience in order to make decisions and make mistakes. I mean, I certainly, I certainly remember that and having conversations with my mom about certain things and being like, I just have to do it myself. I don't know. I think about my Mm -hmm. first love and like we met two weeks before the end of freshman year and we spent so much time together. I'd been studying for finals and went over to a friend's house with Burger King. You know, it's like, um, I'm cool. Whatever. Oh, the Burger King on B's campus. It's gone. I lived right behind it. (laughs) (laughs) But like, we spent so much time together for those two weeks and then we were both going home. He he went to Berkeley College of Music and I went to BU and we we knew that we wouldn't have that in that summer. I was actually working at camp so I wouldn't be able to talk very much. So like he came to visit me like a month after we first met, so like two weeks after, and then I went to this camp and then I went down to visit him and like almost said I love you on the phone and then that fall semester he was taking the semester off and he was gonna go play music on a cruise ship and make a bunch of money because school's expensive you know and 
honestly, if we had met, we dated for almost a year, ended up being terrible. (laughs) He cheated on me, (laughs) broke my heart. But like, if we had actually been in the same place, not at the end of freshman year, we probably would have dated for a month or two before realizing, yeah, we actually were really different. And it's funny because like, I realize now the person that I've become, we were more alike, like 10 years later, was it 10 years later? Maybe it was five years later whatever it was, whatever number of years later, and you guys came to visit me in Minneapolis and he was in town for a show and like there was briefly this like spark and like we were more similar in our beliefs, but obviously nothing happened. And then a year later he met his wife or the woman who had become his wife, you know, and I'm like in love with Bob. I remember this. You just have these little like things, you know, and. Because you had, you had, kept us out all day i was like and do we were like, you're like let's go to this party yeah. and i was like katie and i were like we're really tired i remember that you and i, I were both like stay. exhausted yeah. and yeah. i was like i'll just take a red ball i'll go out to this show i know you did and you did you went like, an after party and then katie and i think fell asleep at like 7 40 probably it was a little later because we had fireworks so yeah well and it's like do you think about these like early loves that you've had and then you look back on them like who you are now and who they are now and you're like what the f- why was I so enamored of this person mm-hmm. <laughs> that happens a lot I think about my first love I was like oh this guy Ooh. I know I like I'm I'm on I'm on like mine he and I are are actually we became very good friends. We stayed in touch over the years. So, you know, we we were we're better friends than we were a couple. I will say I will say what's great is is when they reach out to you like, <laughs> out of nowhere and it's like, "Oh, bitch, you still you still want this." Mhm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when Allie is talking to James Marsden in the room after they've had the conversation and she levels with him about where she's been and that she's having second thoughts. I thought she said like, it's very clear what I have to do. I love you. Cause James Marsden is like, you know, forget about all this. I still love you. I still want to be with you. And I thought she said, she knows she's like, I thought she's like, I know what the right thing is. I'm going to, I love you. I thought I'm going to be with you. Like I thought she chose James Marsden. I I mean, I think it was purposely crafted for you to think, like, maybe it is. But I really think James Marsden's character, Lon, was actually more mature. And this is what I was also reading. It's like, he said, I don't want to have to convince my fiancé to marry me. Like, you know, he's very, like, I love you. And, like, someone else wrote that, like, his character flaw was being rich. And I was like, no character flaw over here. But, um... (laughs) Yeah, right? No, but it's, like... He, it felt like he was very mature, right? Like when he was all bandaged up, he asked her on that date, you know, and she was like, okay, we'll just wait and see. So he did obviously wait until he was healed. And there wasn't that like weird pressure. He was just like, I would like to take you on that date. And you see how much fun they have together. And you see his proposal, I felt like was really sweet. Like they're having a good time. They had that back and forth banter. And she was like, oh, you have to ask my parents. So it's like, yeah, "Yeah, I already did. I, th- I think that that is what this movie did, did really well because so often he would be this like sneaky like mm, yeah. villain kind of but like oh he was a really good guy he would have been like Billy Zane in Titanic yeah like, yeah oh, yeah Katie so I don't remember Titanic as well but I felt like Billy Zane was a dick no I think Katie meant like he would be like oh you yeah, thought yeah. he would be a dick he, like Billy Zane would, but wasn't. If, if, it, if they did it poorly he would have been a dick he would have been rich but like entitled oh. so I think it yeah I think it makes that conflict that she has even harder yes. because yeah Noah but Lon's awesome so it, yeah. it it kind of makes it a bit more that the stakes are a bit higher which made makes it more an investment in, in what her ultimate decision is I agree yeah I just I don't know I feel like now at like almost 37 I'm found my person you know like we're engaged we're gonna get married and I remember seeing so many stories about like, you know, if it's hard, then it's real. Or if it's this, it has to be insurmountable obstacles. And I don't have that with Bob. Like it, there isn't this huge tension, like, and maybe that's a lot of us meeting when we're in our thirties and both of us having gone to a lot of therapy, but like, they're like, yeah, do we have conflict? Yeah. Just like any other human, but we've, we have discussions 
but we don't fight. We don't yell at each other because at least for us, again, we've done that therapy, but we also have this like deep love and respect for each other. And we want to not hurt each other, you know, and have done enough of that, enough of that self work to realize, oh, if I say this, that's lashing out. And I mm-hmm. want to work through this conflict. And I'm not saying every relationship is like that, right? Like everybody's different. And some people do have relationships where it's like, it's hard, but it works. But at least for me where I'm at and watching this now, I'm like, nah, you know, I like it because Gosling's attractive, yeah, it, but I'm like, I don't, yeah, I don't think I would have picked it's him. So much of like, for, for me personally is, is, you know, what, when I met my person it's because, oh, it's just so it's, I don't have to question it with you. Yeah. I don't have to question where you're at. Uh, it's it's quote unquote easy, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, oh, why don't we see stories like that? Because that's not interesting. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no drama. Like that's there's no drama. Mm-hmm. So it's like you don't because you know we go to the films to like experience different lives and attach ourselves to different stories. Like that's why I think so many people are looking for these insurmountable tasks. Mm-hmm. It's because that's what what's been fed to them for so long. But it's like, oh, if only there was, like, a good screenplay about just, like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> like, this works. <laughs> like, we're not having an argument. We're having a conversation. You know, that kind of a thing. Yeah, and I'm the same way. Like, like I, you know, I, my partner and I, we, we don't really fight. If we have something to talk about, we do. And, you know, we had drama at the start of when we got together. But, you know, growing as, as a couple, you kind of move past that. And I think a part of that is maturity. But one of the things, so, you know, a lot of people watch romance movies and they get, like, mushy or sappy or sad. And I'm watching it and I'm just like, I know that my man would, like, take care of me and he would do this for me if, if it was me in the hospital. Like, I know he would he would be there and he would, you know, put put that time in. And it, made, it actually made me feel better. I was like, mm, I, got a, I got a good man. He would do that. One of my favorite things to do to Brandon, this is so bad, <laughs> is I'll walk in the kitchen and I'll be like, I need to, I need to ask you something. He goes, what? I go, can we go Chinese food? <laughs> <laughs> there's or like, there's I something need, I need to like, talk to you. Or like, there's something I need to tell you. He goes, what? I go, I finished those, that pack of chips. That's so go, mean. Such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's so mean. He's like, oh, ram. <laughs> I don't think I'd do that with Bob and I. Well, I don't recommend doing it to yeah. people. I just have fun with it. <laughs> because we both have anxiety and it would just like, it would be too ratcheting. I do say the word butts a lot in our relationship. I'll just like. Like B-U-T-T-S. Yeah. I'll just randomly be like, hey, Bob, do you have a butt? And I'm like, <laughs> it started early on in our relationship. I don't know why. It's so weird. But Graham, I think what you said about it being easy, like at least for me, what marks my relationship right now is different. And I hope it always stays like this and we'll have to work on it. It's like, I, as someone, I know I talk about this a lot, but like it informs a lot of my life as somebody with depression and anxiety and like not having it diagnosed for so long or not knowing what to do and desperately wanting to be loved and fit in. Like I put on a mask and I, I tried to be who I think people wanted me to be instead of being myself. And I've never had to do that with Bob. I've never had to put on a version of myself. I can literally just be me and it's Mm. so relaxing. It's like, and for a while, like in certain part of our relationship, I was like, is this weird? Like we just don't, sometimes we just don't talk at all. Are we just like going to not talk for like decades or whatever? It's like, (laughs) no, it's just, you're settled. (laughs) Like you, not like, not like bad settled, but you're like, you get to rest. It's when it's when you realize you've been really tense and your shoulders are up and your shoulders come down and you unclench your jaw and you remove your tongue from the roof of your mouth and you relax your forehead and you take a deep breath and you're just like, oh. Yeah. I knew that Brandon and I were good when he was watching TV and then I'll just get up in the middle and do gymnastics in front of him and he'll just ignore me. <laughs> and I'm like, this is... Or I'll just like start twerking in front of him. He goes, he's just like, mm-hmm, but yes, yeah. I see you. There you go. I go, you like this? <laughs> but yeah, just being yourself. Yeah. Again, I would love to like see couples be goofy in movies. Like, cause a couple, like, you know. People get weird. Or people get weird. I wonder if, so I was thinking about this and thinking about, Graham, you and I had talked about this before, but like this movie, this movie hit really hard. Like once he had the heart attack and they took Gina Rollins 
And before she had been like getting dressed up and they put her makeup on and did her hair and was staying in her own suite. And then it was like once he was gone, then they weren't taking care of her. And all of a sudden, like she's wearing like a hospital gown thing and they put her in a wheelchair and they just roll her into a room and didn't interact with her. I started sobbing and like Mm. I was crying off and on until the end of the movie. And like, honestly, that is the way I want to go. I want to go in my sleep and I want to go out at the same time. After this movie ended, I, you know, I told y'all like, I just feel numb and all stuff. Like I literally just cried and Bob just helped me. You know, he just, he didn't say anything. He didn't try to fix it. He knew that I just needed to feel. And it makes me wonder like, where are those other representations where we see the kind of love that we want to have? Because I think this shows a lot of like, you know, smooth lines. And Bob was even like, nobody's that, like, that's not that smooth. You know, we talked about like, <laughs> do you miss dating? And it's like, uh, not really. I miss like the fun, like butterfly stuff. But like, I don't miss all the other, the other shit. But yeah, I feel like maybe movies don't lend to that as well. But I feel like television, where you have a longer time to develop relationships yeah. and see more snippets, allows us to see more realistic depictions. But I don't know. Have y'all, like, what other things come to mind when you think about either the relationship you have or the relationship you want to have or what informed you for the healthy relationship? It's hard yeah, because, I have no idea. because I, I mean, kind of touched upon this when we talked about Trick. There aren't a lot of gay movies, books, television that are, that there isn't some, like, one of them's closeted or one of them is like, it's hard for me to, so I had to like look at heterosexual couples in, in a lot of these before. That's a great question. It's, it's hard for me to even think of like a positive. I have one. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, The Taylors on Friday Night Lights. (laughs) Oh my God. Coach and Tammy Taylor. Oh my God. That was a great, they loved each other and they fought and they loved each other. And they were through it. And you could see that over the course of a TV yeah. show. Yeah, I just think, I think it's potentially harder to portray that in film, but I think we just don't see it as much in very commercial films. I think we see it in smaller projects and more independent film. And I think I'm struggling to come up with it just because I haven't been exposing myself to as much mm-hmm. of it. I would be curious what our listeners think, like what are either positive or negative depictions of relationships where you were like, you saw this and it informed the choices you wanted to make, or you saw something you were like, nope, don't want to do that. You know what? We'll ask it both on Instagram and Twitter. There we go. What? Holding myself accountable. Oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> I do want to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Kyle, who gave me the tidbit that Britney Spears auditioned for the role of <laughs> Rachel McAdams in this movie. I would not have taken this movie seriously. Could you imagine? I no. I actually kind of want to see it. <laughs> I don't because I've seen, what was that Britney movie? Crossroads. I've seen Crossroads and no, no, thank you. Rachel McAdams is <laughs> okay. fantastic. She's a fantastic actress. Oh, she's, she's great. 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 So what's what is the result? Would y'all watch this again? No. No. <laughs> I got it. I get it was good. I get, it, I get good. it. I get it. it. Was, I get I get why it's popular. I get why it's stood the test of time. But yeah, it, it did make me sad. The ending did make me sad. But yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I was just like, I get it. It it it, it is what it is. It's just it's just not for me, and uh, I, I have s- only so much, only so many hours left in my life. I don't need to de- <laughs> devote any more to this movie. Yeah, I would watch it. Normalize turning a movie yes. off that you don't like. Yes, yes. normalize putting down books and TV shows and movies that you don't like because you can only want you can watch and read a finite amount in your life. Don't waste your fucking time. I would watch it again. But just to lust after Ryan Gosling and James <laughs> Marsden. And if I needed a really good cry, I would just need a yeah. supercut of Noah and Allie as seniors and then just mm. fucking ball. All right. Well, hey, Graham, what's coming up next week? Well, second theme of 20, uh, season two of 2021 is done. Exciting. Next week, we begin our new theme. We are doing four, count them, four Weeks about movies about music. 
we're calling it Let's Get Musical. Let's Get Musical. Musical. So I think we should give people a heads up of what we're going to do. But Katie, next week is is quite special because yes. Because so next week, you know, in season two, we said we were gonna we we're gonna bring the thunder, and so uh, for next week, I have something a bit special. We will be doing a uh, podcast crossover with the Third Man podcast. The Third Man podcast is all about Jack White, the works of Jack White, things like that. And so we are going to have the two hosts from that show, and they will be introducing us to Walk Hard, where Jack White did a lot of the music and is in the film. And it's a comedy with John C. Riley, right? Yes, it's it's basically a walk the line parody. It's hysterical. It's super fun. You guys are gonna love it. And and having Paul and and James on to to talk about, they're gonna talk a bit about Jack White. We're gonna talk about the movie. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, uh, I can't I can't wait. After that, we are going to do. <laughs> this is evil. I'm making y'all watch Xanadu. Yay! I'm, I'm so excited to watch Xanadu. I've always I wanted to see it. I can't wait for you to watch that one. And Katie, your choice is. And then we'll be watching Little Shop of Horrors. Oh my god, I am so excited! So excited. Like I cannot believe I have made it this far in my life without seeing Little Shop of Horrors. Like Rick Moranis, what? Oh, and Steve, yes. Steve Martin is like my favorite in that movie. You're yes. gonna love it. It's gonna be great. Yeah, and Ashley, your choice is? My choice is something that I did not watch until embarrassingly late in life, a.k.a. within the last year. My choice is This is Spinal Tap. We are so excited about that. We are so... I've never seen it. So So we are so excited about this this quad of episodes. So follow us, follow along on Instagram at LetMeIntroYouPod, and on Twitter at LetMe intro mm-hmm. you and yeah let's get excited for musicals let's yes well movies about music movies musical. About musical. musical every week we're gonna sing that no all the way through we probably will yes <laughs> <laughs> yay all right team i'm pumped yeah it's gonna be great me too it's gonna be fun yes it's gonna be great coming up well y'all please listen along watch along with us and keep your eye on our social media so your voice can be heard we love hearing from you so until next time, bye. Bye 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 bye. Love. Let me introduce you as a podcast hosted by Graham Veth, Katie Kubert, and Ashley Crone. Music by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Make sure to follow the Let Me Introduce You podcast on Instagram at Let Me Intro You Pod and on Twitter at Let Me Intro You.